Hi, this is Logos Legacy. So today I'm interviewing Aria again, although I have to say it's not really so much an interview as it is a conversation. We're kind of, we've talked before, so it's kind of like catching up, but you might as well record it. It's one of those sort of things. So mm -hmm. hi. Hi, I'm happy to be here again <laughs> and to just chat because our conversations are always just so insightful and so, so like healing. I was going to say like awakening, but it's like, it always just kind of brings it back into balance. So it's like that yeah. for you. Yeah, I think so. For sure. Is that, is it like that for you? Well, I mean, I'll keep that to myself. No, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's always nice talking to you. Yeah, I agree. So how so, are you? <laughs> um, well, um, mostly good. I mean, there's always stuff coming up. If there wasn't, that'd be more concerning, actually. Mm, yeah, I feel that. It's like good, but then it's like there's still a lot going on and things come up, but that's like the point of presence, you know? It's the point of beingness and being. I mean, the latest at. thing is kind of weird, potentially unpleasant or bad dreams. And I'm tempted to attribute it to some sort of psychic attack. But the thing is, it could just be my ego, like doing its thing. So it's still relevant or something. Mm -mm. Have, do you ever like write down your dreams and stuff like that? I've done that a few times. Yeah. Because we can get like a lot of insight on our dreams, especially if we remember them. Like I always think personally, if I ever have like a bad dream or something's like really uncomfortable in the dream, like the more I, like I'll write it down, take some time throughout the day to kind of like let things come up from that dream and see what it's teaching me. Because most of the time it's, it's, um, it's teaching us something. It could be forewarning. It could be a psychic attack. It could not be. Um, but yeah, it, it kind just of doesn't matter. Dream. Because I mean, there's an experience, yes. real or not. <laughs> it, it's all real because it's in. Wait, the I am is imagination, right? According to the Course of Miracles, anyway. So it basically, in a way, it sounds kind of schizo to say this, but in a way, anything you imagine is real because. There's mm -hmm. filters in terms of what we experience, and so much of it is just like, um, it, what's meaning is is kind of determined by us, right? Mm -hmm, that's true, and it yeah. depends on our mental state. There's all these different states of being, yeah, that are the same state of being at the same time as being different, exactly. It like all comes yeah. back to the one, <laughs> but um. Yeah, as far as dreams, like I always think that there it's insight on our sub, in our subconscious because dreams are very connected to our subconscious. So there may be something being processed in our dreams. It could be, it could be literally anything. But the more I just I'm in love with like decoding dreams of my own and and allowing them to kind of give me kind of clues on like things that I'm holding on to, things that I need to, I need to let go. And even just insights on like little points in the day, like I had this dream that I was hacked on Instagram 
but it was like, you know, it was dramatic and imaginative and everything. It was like the whole shebang. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And I got a message from a friend that was actually hacked. Like her whole account was hacked and the account was asking me for um, some type of information, a verification, like to take, have my phone number to use a verification for something. And I was like, all right, <laughs> it's not her. It's not my friend. So it's like, there's, there, there's just like so much information and it's important not to like, I don't think not to worry too much. Like you said, like at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> what yeah. are you going to take from it? You know? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I had a bad dream. So I wake up the next day and oh, don't worry, that's not me. That's cool. But um, yeah, and I'm actually having a great day. So I guess it doesn't mean anything really. I mean, well, I guess, I mean, one thing I can ask myself is what was I afraid of? Because I was afraid of something. Someone seemed to be laughing at me. I seemed to be bothered by that. I kind of reacted in a sort of, I don't know, like I was trying to mock them back or something. But the thing is, like, I, I guess that tells me things about like certain frequencies I need to heal or something. That's just yeah. an example of how you can do it. But we can do it to things that aren't dreams. Mm -hmm. It's all catalyst. Yeah, it really is. It's all like little pokes and prods in different directions to get us more aware and to make that choice of how we want to move forward in our lives, for sure. Oh, yeah. And there's this thing I've realized as well. It's like, um, we're used to viewing these things. It's like, okay, there's that's external to us. That's other people are doing that. And I'm the doer or whatever. And I'm experiencing this. Maybe I'm a victim, maybe not, whatever. And why are we experiencing this? Because it's part of God or source trying to understand itself. And you, as part of that, are experiencing things to learn and grow and expand consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's instead of being some problem in your life, you're being given stuff that you can handle by the God that you are part of. And that changes mm. it completely because it's part of this journey that isn't the journey that's actually for you and actually for your benefit. But it's easy to complain and be like, oh my God, those motherfuckers, like what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it blows my mind every day. And I talked about this, like a lot with a lot of people, like how perfectly aligned our lives are and like the littlest things, like our soul completely like has this planned out <laughs> and it's like, we're just literally here meant to experience and go through it and like feel through everything on this And the path. synchronicity too. Like, yeah. There's so much of it. You know, I've realized as well, like, the synchronicity isn't like, oh, um, there's these bits of synchronicities like scattered around, right? And they're just for you. No, no, no. It's all synchronicity. You're just noticing when you see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I totally resonate with that. Because <laughs> it's like, well, some people like, especially at the beginning of my journey, I was always like, oh, like when you notice it that's when it's like there's a synchronicity there but it's like if you think about everything being that way like you said 
it just makes it so much more magical. And that's like, I, that's what I feel like a lot of us really want to feel is that like sense of it's real connection. <laughs> like it's all real and it's, yeah, it's all connected. Yeah. And it's all true. What I've been struggling me with, well, I'm not sure if struggling. well, it's what I said, the word I said, so maybe that is significant, but it's this whole thing where I am I'm starting to feel like I understand non-duality, but I'm not, I feel like I'm not experiencing it, right? Um, yeah. I've made progress, so to speak, uh, in the illusion of time, that is, but like, yeah, I, I know I'm not like, it seems like I'm not present anyway or at least sometimes I am sometimes I'm not but there's like there's suffering uh yeah I don't know what your experience with that is yeah as far as like experiencing non-duality you mean yeah because there's understanding it and then there's like mm -hmm. yeah but there's all these problems or everything's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's like I want to be at peace and be all connected and like experience I don't know not Nirvana but you know like you know, Eckhart Tolle seems pretty chill, right? And when you're going through these very much not chill moments, you can't help but wonder, like, you know, like these spiritual teachers you see, I guess maybe they're more, they've got more going on than meets the eye, but like, mm -hmm. yeah. It's almost a sense of inadequacy. It's like, and you keep telling me everything's perfect every moment, but it feels shit at times. And I am frustrated because, like, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I feel that and what I've been noticing like because I've been working with like so many different teachers that have been doing this for like so many years and they've worked with other teachers and like mentors and like shamans and all these people and it's like what it always comes back to is like knowing yourself and knowing your process because it's like we live and this is how I see it we already live on a planet where there is polarity right there's there's duality <laughs> it's like we can't really escape the fact that that's not a thing and that we're not going to have like the ups and downs in lives and it's almost like the more and I feel like this is like the energy of the year too when I was really tuning into like um the the zodiacs and the the within the astrology of like the north and south node like we are literally moving towards a place of more stable foundation because we're all like we want to want to be at peace we don't have to worry about everything blah, 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 right but it's like in order for that to happen it's like there's a level of embracing um and accepting like these certain aspects of our lives and like getting to a point where we don't think that that's what peace is is like not experiencing things so for me personally Oh, excuse me. For me personally, like peace has always been like the biggest thing, like inner peace. I want, I don't want to have to worry about anything. I want to like live in joy and like bliss and pleasure and like all of this stuff. And it's like, it's a choice. And even though like things are going to come up, how can I embrace it and almost like prepare myself and know how to take care of myself and my emotions? Because the emotions are just going to they're going to go no matter what, no matter at what point of our journey, right. like, you know, or ascension. Oh, I, think I, yeah. I think I do relate to that a little bit. Like when I meditate, um, so there's this experience where at first it's like I was trying 
to like imagine stuff and like visualize all the stuff and I was trying to do it right yeah and I, I and it felt like this hard thing that I was trying to do the next stage was like okay so I need to not do that I need to not be the doer right but it was like all these thoughts come up so I'm like no no shut up shut up I'm trying to not do things here so what <laughs> I was doing is I was trying to do not doing so it was mm-hmm. doing a sort of suppression of all the thoughts coming up. So that doesn't work because more comes up. And you're like, oh my God, I'm failing. I'm failing to meditate. This was awesome experience I could be having where I could peace and all that. And I'm my fault that I'm failing to do that. And all these other people having this wonderful meditation experience and I'm a failure and I'm not, right? There's that feeling. But then there's this other thing where it's like, what if I let the non- if I, what if I let the, the non-peaceful mind clutter stuff come up and play around? And it's like, I've got these thoughts coming up about random things that happened like when you were a child. Yeah. That kid who said something mean to you and you, you just like, he never really understood and you never got, got back at it. Some random <laughs> yeah. thing like, oh, I've got this meal I want to cook. Well, I'm going to cook that instead. Like, and then you, then there's this whole thing, oh, I shouldn't be thinking like that. I need to stop those thoughts. And you're trying to stop yourself from stopping your own thoughts. And that's just like a double thing of not doing. And you're just going to let it all happen. And I feel like that actually works better because they're not trying to let it happen is why it happens. Yeah, because the whatever... Um... I forget the quote, but resistance will continue to come up and up the more that we try to suppress it or the more that we try to ignore it, you know? That so it's like- We resist persists. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. And it's so true. And that's why it's like important that people know like meditation isn't about not thinking, you know? It's not about like, you're supposed to be in like this headspace where there's nothing going on and you should have visualizations. And it's like, no, it's you being- with yourself in that moment and like taking like taking stock and becoming aware of like your mental body your emotional body going through a process if you're feeling a certain emotion and like asking the body asking your emotion like where you're coming from what's it connected to asking the thought and normally always comes back to the body so it's like it's it's great when those things come up because it it gives us an idea of what's going through our head on a consistent basis so yeah, I totally agree. There's like a level of surrender in meditation that like when we're first starting, especially meditation, like no one tells us that we're not supposed to be thinking. We're just like, oh, stop thinking. I'm meditating. I'm meditating. It's like, no, you're just supposed to be. And then whatever comes up, like you work with it and you be with it. And I think that's like, that's why like a lot of spiritual teachers and like gurus or whatever, they're always like, meditate, 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 meditate. Cause it's like, just be with yourself. It'll give you the answers to like what you need to work on and where you need to go. So, and I, I, I love it. I've been starting to um, meditate a little bit more frequently, especially lately. Cause it's so easy. Like at some points when like, for me, like I feel good. I don't have a lot of thoughts running through my head. So it's like, I'll kind of skip it sometimes, but it's like, no, don't skip it because there's still stuff being worked through. There's still like me needing to check in with my inner child um, and see how she's doing or like anchoring in my higher self and like really choosing 
what I want to be and embody. And it's like, I want, if I want to embody more peace, it's like, I need to come back to that every day and like choose that every day. So that's kind of how I've been using my, my meditation practice, but yeah, I feel you. <laughs> it can definitely be nicer than um, just watching that stimulative video that was like, oh yeah, this thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that you're used to and comfortable with enjoying as just, oh, I don't know what to do, I guess I'm bored. Oh, I guess I'll do that because God forbid I sit with my boredom and just be with it and whatever pain that is, that is. Yeah. And I think I know what that is. It's actually um, Carl Cease. I was just watching him today, this afternoon. Uh, I don't know if you know of him, but um, it's basically what he was saying that what if your boredom is you, you're bored because you're like super aware, right? You've got all this power and you're rejecting that and instead like watching a bunch of youtube videos or having a cigarette or you're, you're choosing something like that instead of yourself and being with yourself so you're basically saying that you're not worthy and the worth of your attention and no it wonder you feel energy. and no wonder you feel so awful when you're just sitting there bored right because you keep on not sitting with that and you keep on running to other things. Mm -hmm. That pain might may well just be that you keep running from the now. And when they're just sitting there and there's like nothing to distract you from yourself, you're feeling how you feel about yourself, which is rejected by yourself. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I've never really like thought about boredom too much. I just remember like when I was a kid, I would be like so bored. And so I'm like, I'm so bored. Like I want to do something. I would do something. And it was always like someone had to play with me or like I had to, you know, someone had to be a part of that co-creation and something that I wanted to do when I was really, really bored. So I like that idea because it's like we have all of that energy and it's like, how do we want to use it? And we normally just go to like our screens and stimulate ourselves in a different way until we're done and then we're bored again. And <laughs> yeah, and it's it takes courage, I feel like, to like sit with that and be like, okay, let's let's see like what what is here. And it could be something like really amazing. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like what one of my coaches told me, like before kind of going to those things, like taking a minute or two to be with yourself and see what you actually want to do. And normally it's not to like get on like YouTube or like, you know, distract yourself on something else. It's normally something that like nourishes you or, or it gives you like a little bit of a more inspiration to like create something. Suffering can be that inspiration. In fact, that's something I've realized. Mm -hmm. I um for me I realized that I actually enjoy writing poetry amazing because I always like 
when I came across poetry, I was just like, it just seems kind of, usually I just kind of, I found it wasn't the same as like, you know, there's a novel, right? And there's a story and it's really intricate. And it's just like, and I, I just saw this poem, especially maybe it's because they made me study it, you know, and really analyze every single bit about what the poem meant or something. But actually writing it is different. But then I feel the urge to share it with people. So I'm like, I don't like all this other poetry, but I like my own. And I, <laughs> and that's it. But, you know, it's a process of doing it is therapeutic. And there's, it's like journaling. It's just a different way of journaling. It's like automatic writing. But instead of just writing, oh, whatever comes to mind, it's like you're doing that and you're making something beautiful out of it, or at least beautiful to you. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if everyone else thinks it's terrible, which they probably won't. Because if you're allowing yourself to just flow into it, it'll probably be good. Yeah. It's like that yeah, anyway. channeled state. <laughs> yeah, that, that's maybe my way of channeling. Maybe I'm just going to do it through art. I, I, I don't know. Because um, it's just, I don't know, I've tried before. And I've been sitting there and like something ego seems to be getting involved or like, I don't know, like something I come up with something to say and then the next moment I write it down or, and it's like, am I just making this up or like, and then there's the fear of like, oh, but what if it's a negative being? and What if I'm not ready? Like, so I kind of just left it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you shared like your, your poetry with anyone? I'm thinking of uploading it. That would be, I would love to read it because I love poetry. I'm like the same as you where it's like, I don't necessarily like reading a lot, but like when people, when I see people post a lot of that, like on Instagram or something, like I always read it. And like, it's just, it's so cool because it gives you like an insight on the person. I'm a little bit so. scared of doing it, which is probably why I should do it. Yeah. Because the then I won't be so scared of doing it. <laughs> I mean most of like the big steps in our lives aren't super cozy so <laughs> I would love courage to is a higher is actually I've been looking at David Hawkins um power versus force I've been reading it and courage is actually okay so there's a bunch of negative frequencies right that are kind of weak and when they do the, the strength test on the arm it all classifies as weak um, then there's ones that are strong, like love, for example, right? But then there's one that's both, that's right in the middle, the fulcrum on which, between the other two, and it's courage. Courage is both weak and strong at the same time or something, which is quite interesting. It's right at 200 out of zero to a thousand. And yeah, um, so this like literally being willing to just take that step, even though you might be feeling a fear, that choice that's powerful and it uplifts and expands you yeah. and I, then from I there like there's that. all this other stuff you can access just from that mm -hmm. that's true it's like that's the that's the breaking point it's like are you going to have that courage to step into the unknown because <laughs> it's normally yeah. pretty great <laughs> yeah i like that a lot it's so true it's like what whenever we take those steps it's like it's a choice 
and it may not be comfortable, but if you like really tune into yourself and you really like what you're doing, it's like, what is there to lose? I mean, the ego might respond listing a bunch of stuff, right? It'll be like, (laughs) it could, (laughs) it very well could. But it's like, what does it feel like within our hearts? And that's what I'd always tell people, like tune into your heart. What does your heart actually feel? Like if love was to do something like this, how would they do it? What would they do? What if someone feels is trying to like tune into the heart, but they're like, they, they feel like, I don't know, I'm not feeling anything. Like, mm-hmm. How do we tune to the heart? Yeah. So if someone, okay. So this is something I experienced a lot. When we, over time, when we suppress our expression, our expression could be in the form of emotions, not just like speaking up. Um, but when we suppress like those certain parts of ourselves, like over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, it can feel like there's nothing to connect to. It can feel like really like numb or dull, or we just constantly have like these programs or these thoughts running through our head. That's keep making it so easy to be in this, like this state of like muteness, basically where we're not really feeling it or feeling much or connected to our heart. So it can really like disconnect us. But what I always like to see it as is there's like these different layers in front of our heart. <laughs> and the more that like we bring ourselves into a present moment and not expect like, oh, my heart's supposed to be like this really loving, beautiful place. And it's like, sometimes it may be really dark. And that may be because we've, you know, had, you know, whether it be traumas or certain experiences that have affected us or have brought us to the point of suppressing so much within our lives. It's like, honoring that presence in what is actually there like when we connect it could be pain it could, <laughs> it could be, out, be sadness right? yeah like it could be a lot of different emotions it could be anger like we could feel rage or resentment and or jealousy like we could feel all of these things trying to purge out because we've held them down for so long and it doesn't take just one time sitting with ourselves to let those things be expressed. Like we need to actually carve out a little time to allow ourselves a safe space to express those. And over time, it does become a safer space. And I actually have a, um, what's it called? I have a meditation on my channel that like basically you go into the garden of your heart, like the landscape of your heart to see kind of what it's like, what it looks like there. And for some people, like in the comments, they'll be like, mine was like this lush green garden. And then for other people, it's like, it was a freaking desert or it was like dark and, you know, they had to kind of tend to it in a sense in an energetic way. And that just kind of gives you an idea of like, oh, if I'm not tending to this space, if I'm not tuning into this space, like it feels neglected much like our inner child, or if we had like a friend or, um, or a sibling and like we're not giving any nourishing you give yourself time and attention just try meditation and stuff like that and or whatever you use to distract yourself with allow yourself to make the choice not to do it at least once you know like every time you just choose okay i'll just see what happens if i sit with the feeling that i'm trying to run from here Mm. and then as you do that you start to feel for me it's it's been a while that i've been trying meditation and stuff and all this other stuff and i'm starting to feel like a glow here more often 
and it's in my heart. So more often when I'm meditating, but sometimes when I'm not. And I and you might notice it, you might feel it more when something makes you feel alive than at other times. Yeah. And if you feel excited about something, but not like a distraction, but you're really excited about something and you just come up with all these ideas, that's a sign, even if you're not feeling like an actual sensation in your heart, that that is, that's your heart, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Because it's like it, 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 it travels through us with that emotion, you know, that emotion of like joy that is coming from a heart space like those are more positive emotions and even if we have like sadness or anger or whatever other like you know what you would see as more negative emotions it's like those are still worthy of being accepted and expressed in a healthy way just as we would like joy and happiness but it's like yeah it takes like you said it takes that time and attention it takes practice it's like nourishing a relationship <laughs> really is like with our hearts it's retrusting ourselves and allowing ourselves that permission to actually live um fully and we can't live really fully if we're not allowing ourselves to express all of it <laughs> through our entire lives and it's like all of those are meant to be within our lives we're not only meant to feel joy not only meant to feel like at peace we're we're going to go through different emotions and that's a part of like the spectrum of life that's like our life force energy and they're just meant to move through us so i yeah i feel like 2020 2021 are like there's been an opportunity for people to really move into a space within where they can actually be present with themselves or it's been kind of you know, oh, the universe has been like, oh, you're not really spending time with yourself. We can arrange that and you've lost your job. Um, mm. Or, yeah. you know, something like that. And then you've got real time to really ponder and connect with yourself and how much pain you're feeling. Um, because you haven't been doing that. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying anyone in particular, but, you know. <laughs> uh, and so maybe this year is about after all that really delving into these emotions like in a more active way and then finding out what our next steps are i guess yeah for me like, like yeah. yeah go ahead go ahead we've had all this christmas and stuff how are you going to respond differently now it's the new year and this is the news. I've been interested in news resolutions and I haven't been interested in it before. Not really. Um, so, you know, you, you stuff your face at Christmas. Most people do, you know, have all that excitement. You see relatives and maybe clash with relatives. Maybe not. I don't know. But okay. So it's January now. Now what? You could just have a year just like before, except that who knows what's going to happen? It's all in the air. So either you change or it gets changed for you. Either way, it's a change. So you might as well just like try something new. And for me, I mean, it's like 
there's all this. I know I keep distracting myself and stimulating myself to be away from me. And I want to find out what happens if I don't do that so much. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that's so good. That was one of my things for this year that I wrote down in my my planner was like less distractions, like less distractions, less, less, less. Um, and yeah, and what I was going to say, like our emotions can feel like scary when they're really big, you know, like when we have like these really big emotions or we have like these these you know, quote unquote, big thoughts or whatever that are like holding an energetic charge and we can feel it in our bodies and it's like all tense and like, you know, Mm. um, but when we have that, it's like, that's when we can remember that we're not meant to let these emotions just take over us. And we're like, wow, like completely just letting them take over. Like we can hold a sense, have a sense of holding within actually feeling through the emotions, the bigger emotions. And I've actually been learning a lot of like somatic practices with the body using like the voice and our breath and our body to actually move emotions through our body (laughs) so that we're expressing them in like um, a healthier way. Or even if um, you could do like, you know, there's like so many different ways that you could let emotions come out but it's remembering that it's just energy moving through the body. And as soon as we attach a story to it, the emotion likes to linger, you know? So emotions, they don't necessarily have stories unless we literally (laughs) attach them or if we have that remembrance of, oh, I'm feeling sadness. And then it ties to a story maybe that we've had in our past experiences. So, and a lot of the time, if we didn't allow ourselves to process it and to feel that emotion, it takes us multiple times to actually let a sadness come up, let it come up, let it be expressed. And it's like, that's what I, um, I was in a session once I'm in this program. It's really awesome. And we're, we were going through like our whole month was focusing on emotions and, um, our teacher for the workshop that we, she, we had, she was like, okay, so if you've been pushing these things down for this long and this long and this long and this long, you can't expect yourself to go into like one somatic practice, like with your body one time of like releasing rage and like screaming at a pillow to like, let all of that anger go. Like it's gonna take multiple times to do that. And the emotion's gonna come up and you're like, all right, let's process it. Let's let it go. Instead of doing what we've been really trained to do, I feel like um, for so long is like to just, compose 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 that's like not necessarily healthy for us but yeah yeah we can treat it can keep coming we can treat a meditative (laughs) or spiritual practice as a way of just putting it all down Mm, true and i'm being like wait a minute i'm just like you know take a deep breath calm down calm down i'll shut up the inconvenient emotions that are kind of stressing me out no 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 i'm going to be calm here which isn't like actually the zen thing at all resistance (laughs) oh uh, something came to me when you're talking then which was about you know talking about the stories that we make up and they keep stuff here inside Mm -hmm. us rather than flowing yeah what if it stories are made of attachments and attachments are sticky and so it stays around stuck 
to a story that's like a I don't know, like a a ball of garble or something. I don't know, just like oh god, mucus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> and you just create a story about it, about how you're a victim and how um I don't know, but you're good at this thing and that makes you better than other people or something, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or whatever, right? Or that one time, and you just, how could they do that thing? You know, one day I'll, I'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. You know, yeah. apparently there are people they they start they build a business. Carl Seuss was saying this as well, like so I can't like, claim credit, but it's like they they build a business empire, and they're like, "What's your reason?" I was like, "I wanted to prove the bullies wrong." Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you think stories are made of attachments? I think they are because stories are like programs if we're a computer. They're little programs that we've kind of installed. And then the universe is like, oh, that's what you believe. That's what your truth is. Let me show you evidence. Let me show you evidence, 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 evidence. And that's kind of how the subconscious works. It takes these programs locks them in roots them in and it's like this is how this is the program we're running um but with those stories it's like as soon as we bring awareness to it it creates a choice so it's like if we just have the awareness and we don't change it we're just like oh it's there (laughs) it's like we're not choosing anything different but if we can choose something different and be persistent in that choice every single day it does create change and that's just something I've experienced for sure. But they definitely are attachments. They can be really scary to think like, oh, I could choose a new reality, <laughs> you know? But it's true, it's true. And it's like, just as those stories were like repetitive, repetitively like put into our mind through evidence and through the constant thoughts just continuing to run through or the emotion continuing to be felt or suppressed or um, attached to the story, that's kind of that repetition is how we need to kind of get rid of it and reprogram ourselves. So consistency is everything. (laughs) It is. But we mistake where the real choices are because we think I'm choosing to do this as opposed to that, right? And you think the choices is what you do and what plays out in the 3D matrix. The real choice is in your head, right? Because before anything you do, there's a decision. Okay, it's not actually in your head but it's in your mind and your head, the brain plays that out physically because it's part of your body, right? Yeah. So, so you make a mental choice. Um, also a physical choice. It's I true, think. it's true. Yeah. I think, but you make a, a, a decision on like the mental realm. Right, and then it plays out in the hologram that is the 3D matrix. That's one way yeah. of looking at it. Yeah. But and so it's it, like, yeah, go ahead. You keep making choices to view things certain ways, right? Or to believe certain things or to think certain things. And you you could go a different route in a situation that's repeated itself. You could go, actually, wait, you could pause for a sec and then actually know this but you need to allow yourself to do that it's so easy there's a choice do i 
slip back into that program or to just give a mo- give it a moment and all it really takes is that yeah huge it's huge because that's embodiment is when we can actually take that practice and be like oh I'm aware of this this story this belief that I've been holding on to that maybe came from how I was exposed or what I experienced in my home life right when I was a child and then you're like all right well this is what I want to choose I want to choose to live my life in this way and then asking ourselves how can we do that how can I support myself how can I feel safe within this and normally the more that we work with ourselves like our our heart will tell us our body will tell us like okay every single day do this do this when we really tune in so but yeah it's those moments like those that split second moment where we could dip back in or choose a new path and it's like those are the moments that really matter it's not just to choose it in your spiritual practice it's to choose it every single day in your interactions and in the decisions that you make like embodiment means you be you're being it right so it's like it, it makes it that much more powerful to like become more of a second nature type subconscious belief that actually serves you in the best way for sure yeah yeah it's the work <laughs> oh yeah yeah the work the internal work mm-hmm. <laughs> totally internal so to speak because you know internal external what is that really mm-hmm. yeah the eternal the eternal 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 that's what i thought you said for sure the eternal work as eternal beings of multidimensionality. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. The eternal I am. Mm-hmm. Wait, I am eternal. Okay, I'm just doing, sorry, I'm just playing around with words, but I think it can be, it can help. Because what do words really mean? Yeah, language is powerful. I know that one thing I heard, instead of saying that like we're feeling a certain way, say that we're experiencing it, remembering that the emotion is in us. And you, instead of being like, oh, I guess like I am sad or like, no, I'm experiencing sadness to like remind ourselves like that's that's just an emotion going through. It's not going to stay. You know, that's what I choose. It's not going to be something that lingers on forever. Um, but yeah, language <laughs> is so powerful. <laughs> I mean, if you believe that you're sadness, then you're going to experience being sadness. Mm-hmm. Well, really it could be just moving through you, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. Instead of believing that you are that, it's just you're experiencing that. Because we're souls, multidimensional souls or eternal souls, right? Beings experiencing this human experience. So it's like, technically, I'm experiencing talking to you. <laughs> I'm you experiencing the energy of this exchange. <laughs> is it things like that that help us experience things in a, a more experience being connected to everything rather than isolated and separate? Because that's the way we're well knowing it, but to experience it, I guess, 
takes a real perspective change, like what you're saying. Yeah, it really takes you, it, it takes you to a higher perspective, I think, because it kind of takes you out of like, this is it, this is the only thing that exists. And it's like, no, I'm experiencing it. It doesn't, it's something that does pass, you know? Um, if we're experiencing like, I'm experiencing a dark period in my life. And I think it does help sometimes for people to realize like how we're talking to ourselves or how we're sharing ourselves with others. Cause it does affect the subconscious. Like the subconscious is always listening and taking in information, you know? So it's like, if we're constantly saying like, yeah, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. How is that story going to change? <laughs> and the subconscious is like, yeah, we're tired, we're tired, we're tired. The body's tired, 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 tired. But as soon as we create that choice and be like, oh yeah, I kind of do say that a lot. Or someone mentions that we're like, you're always tired. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm experiencing um, exhaustion or I'm experiencing being tired in this moment. Yeah, and you like might not realize. Out of because it. if you distract yourself from how you feel, you might not notice that you feel the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, there's this book. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, gosh, I wish I had the name, but it's all about language. It's like, um, I want to see if I can share the actual name, but I haven't read it yet. And I know like it goes through really like the energetics of the words because some people believe like words are really spells you know they really like they have energy to them the words that we actually say um, yeah but dang I wish I had this so I could share it uh but it's a really cool book and I re I've been really wanting to read it I've seen like ex excerpts of it and it just shares like how we can reframe the things we say and a lot of people like in business use it um, that are like creating more conscious businesses and um, communities, they try and use it to really reframe the stories that are like going through or the thoughts that are actually running through in the subconscious. And um, it's called Conscious Language, The Logos of Now by Robert Tennyson Stevens. Um, huh. Definitely the one I've always, yeah, yeah. It looks really good, but it's one of those books that I feel like when I get it, I'll like really take my time with it and like not pour, cause I could pour all the way into it and like get obsessive and be like, oh, everything I say. But it's like just getting aware, being more aware of like how we're speaking to ourselves and how we speak about ourselves to others. Like how we introduce ourselves or say what our job is. That was one thing that was like always weird for me. Like when people are like, what, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, how do I explain this? You know, it's like, how can I do that in a way that's empowering and honorable to me but can be understood by others um but yeah I'm that's one of the books I've been recommended a lot and if like you're interested in like getting deeper into language and um its effect and like the certain things that we say and how we can actually shift it to be more empowering you know yeah I mean I've seen something about that sort of thing online on YouTube to say certain phrases and how if you just change it slightly it's like you feel way better yeah the subconscious takes things so literally because yeah the conscious <laughs> is lays an impression the subconscious just like perceives that and manifests it 
So you might not even know why something keeps happening, and it might be something you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Or thinking, because that's saying internally. So. (laughs) Or like some story or experience we've been holding on to that we didn't think we were holding on to or that we blocked out of our experience because I definitely done that where I was like why does this keep happening why do I keep having relationships like this blah 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 and I just like didn't understand until I actually did some inner child healing like I actually went back and assessed like the experience that I did have as an inner child and how it impacted me and how it was connected to the emotions and like the relationships I was having so it's like those things could really like take us all the way back to when we were kids (laughs) and things that we just kind of like blocked out because we blocked out a lot (laughs) or some of us have I know I have for sure we did because we couldn't handle it Mm -hmm. or like we didn't need it (laughs) our parents parents are like god to us I mean not everything is our parents sometimes experiences that happen that are unrelated to that but it's like What is it like? Uh, sometimes it's just, it was just so much, too much to even process. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And that creates like unsafety in ourselves or like a distrust in ourselves. Like and that's energetic too. Yeah, on all levels for sure. Yeah, that's so true. And so, yeah, I mean, I've realized certain things about like my dad and then certain patterns that keep playing out. Like, I mean, it's an interesting one because on one hand, you don't really get so absorbed into like your past that you like, you kind of say, oh, it's not my fault or whatever. You just kind of blame your problems on this past thing because that's not really in the child work no, yeah. but definitely and there's an argument saying let's focus on the present and what you believe now and what you're thinking now and there's something to that but i do think there's something too in a child work oh um there is someone he has a channel called the journey and his i saw a video he did and he talked about this idea of one way of doing inner child work it's simply its presence itself is inner child work because there's bits aspects of you subconsciously that um that is doing the thing like uh like their children right and if you don't spend time with the children it's like you're an alcoholic father who's just drinking instead of actually dealing with it because it's too much to deal with or you're trying to control it and keep it in order or whatever which is basically kind of like pushing your kids around and yelling at them um so if you're going to do that then you're going to be hurting a lot and it's going to be repressed and simply by just trying to distract yourself that's kind of saying to your inner child shut up i'm just going to ignore you and watch this youtube video so that I don't have to feel how much you're hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's why, like you said, that presence, you be present with yourself and like what you're actually feeling, whether you 
relate it back to the inner child at all it's like that being is still there it's like you're still that same person you're still that same soul going through this experience so that's so true yeah and that's that nurturing that's us like being our own parent for sure by taking care of ourselves and being more present with everything <laughs> yeah um tell swan due to but she talks about sort of um parts work and it's the idea that everyone have parts to their psyche in some sense and that you can understand like one part of you might be reenacting what some parent was telling you and to avoid getting in trouble they told you they that parts of you tells you off instead of the parent so you don't get told by the parent for example, right? So it's like based on whatever that experience is, there's a part of you that's just like acting in a certain way based on that incident, but it'll be a split thing. So one part of you will be like, we've got to, always got to constantly be doing work or something, right? Another part of you is like, no, well, I don't want to do anything. I'll just constantly just mm. distract myself, right? With this, that, and the other. And then there'll be this battle. And depending on, you know, one person might, and this is an example of the sort of split it might be. And different people will have different sides win in the inverted commas, or they might change in different times of their life. And I, I do feel that's related to what we're talking about. Yeah, because like when I was younger, or even like as a teenager, like I always felt um, like I had that split. Like there was a part of ourselves that was like, I want to do this I want to do this and there's another part that's like no you have to be in this order and it's like it's almost like that battle of yourself and like what's actually true and a lot of the times um I noticed it was like when I didn't want to do something when I didn't want to work really hard that was like what I actually wanted instead of what that that program was being like no you gotta do this you gotta be hard working and like you know all of these things so it's, I think that definitely can be related for sure. Go ahead. <laughs> it's it's egoic, right? But mm -hmm. it's like the ego is not united, it's separation. Because, you know, it's all about that. It's not about unity. And so it's like a trade-off where you always have to sacrifice part of yourself in order to pick the other part. So you yes. always lose. A trade-off where you always lose, Right? But you keep on trying to win that game that you can't win. Uh, and it's like, okay, some people might be like, okay, I always need to work really hard to keep on, uh, keep on working, uh, get this degree, and then I'll get this job, and then I'll get this job. And then this is the idea, okay, I eventually get to retire. And then, I don't know, there's this whole set of stories, right? And they keep at that. And then other people aren't doing that, and they resent it. because so they're like, you're not following the rules. But really, it's because they're following the rules and it's not really working. They're not really happy with it. But other people might actually have a whole set of different challenges because they're like, instead, they're not doing that. But deep down, they, they've got part of them that's telling them that they're worthless because they're not working hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people might be addicts who are just like, I don't know, like a different types of addicts. I suppose. Some people might just be distracted for me, I wasn't actually doing anything that felt meaningful to me. 
or even or I wasn't fitting social expectations either. I was just sort of, I felt like, at least to society standards, and my own, I felt I was like I was being a bum, not doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. But I always knew I had some reason or some talent or like something to be doing, but I never really did that. I just like, you know, just distracting. And why was I just trying to get stimulation? I was distracting myself from how awful I felt about myself. And then I felt more awful because of that. I was distracting myself instead of, but then if I worked hard, that wouldn't have resolved it either, right? So you can pick either of these two things. It's lose-lose, right? There's all these different other lose-lose situations. Yeah. And how do we resolve that? I guess we need to actually within I guess mm-hmm. finding that that presence I know with a lot of my clients there's like um like oh I I don't want to get up and go work but I know that I need to and I know that I feel like unworthy of like you know um I feel unworthy helping asking for help if I haven't helped others type of thing and so you just don't and you stay in that story and you stay in that like that um that hole almost that we kind of put ourselves in, you know, like not going one way or the other, because both of them were perpetuating a story. And we know that there's going to be judgment from ourselves on either side. So it's almost like when we allow ourselves to become aware of that and be present with that. And I think that it always comes back to that, that choice and that like actually tuning into, okay, who is that being that natural being all the way back there past all of this you know behind all the judgment behind all the programs and the stories and all the things like who is that person that person that is like a being of love they're empowered like stating like all of these things of like what you could see yourself as or like this um or even just have someone list that out for you you know to be like no like empowered you're curious you're in your joy you are compassionate. You don't hold any expectations like that person. That's like literally just living and that's like being of service and that's being enough. Living is being enough. Being is being enough, right? <laughs> like that's a natural state yeah. of being. So when we get all the way back to that point, that's where we can pull through that wisdom to actually begin healing the judgment of one way or another and actually seeing like what we actually need to be doing. Because it's like, sometimes we think that we only have two choices, <laughs> you know, and then there's us in the middle and we're like, hey, everything sucks. But it's like, no, we open ourselves up by allowing ourselves to remember who we are on a soul level, like all the way back there. And um, I, I like take people through a little process to like get to that point, creating like a safer space for ourselves, connecting with that higher being, our natural being. And then bringing through, like, what would that being do? You know, what would they think? (laughs) What would they feel? You know, and then just remembering, like, oh, I have access to that. That's who I'm trying to get back to. That's the person that doesn't feel the need to do this or that. That's the person that's going to, in every single present moment, be (laughs) and actually take action on what what is true. But it's like, it's almost like, like you said, that that imagination, like taking ourselves to a place 
that we think is like untouchable almost like that that beingness because there's been so much noise it's like when we get into our body it's it's so much more simpler so yeah (laughs) it's a process it's a process to kind of like take yourself through to try and remember who that person is what would that that theoretical being be that's just by being is enough like if a tree was just enough as it is like if you were just that tree (laughs) how would you move forward what would it have for you and it's like we can do the same for ourselves like there's that part of ourselves within um and that's that whole like remembering who we are because when we do really remember that natural being it's like they don't have those stories. They don't have those programs. Like they don't care. So about <laughs> they're just out here living. <laughs> about remembering who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've been um, well recently. I've been watching Mark Anthony Lord. He's um, he uh, he um, he's done some collaboration with Aaron Abke. Uh and also I've interviewed him twice, including I've uploaded it today, one of the episodes, but. Mm-hmm. One of his things is he's inspired heavily by Course in Miracles. He talks about forgiveness and basically how you can basically ask the creator or the Holy Spirit, a higher power for forgiveness. And forgiveness isn't just for someone else. It's for you as well. It's basically, it just heals the situation. And another thing is you ask, you can basically offer up some your suffering or a pattern or whatever doesn't serve and you just offer it up to the creator as a sort of sacrifice or or something like or you offer it up and this is a little bit we're we're not alone maybe we can't do it as an isolated individual striving because that when when it's like that you need to make sacrifice you need to sacrifice one part of you for another and it's that's not holistic Holistic is where you're connected and part of the divine tree, right? And you can ask for help. You can totally ask for help. But not in this... There's a way in which people pray where it's like... They just want... There's something material that they want and they just pray for it, right? I mean, that can help, I guess. But it's almost like... Another way of doing it is you ask the creator or higher power for correction of your beliefs to realign you. So especially given that all our suffering and all our negative beliefs, what they really come down to is a belief that we're separate from the creator. If we understand that we're part of a large cosmic web and the weirdest, we're not alone. And we don't need to do it alone. We can just call in help. And yeah, yeah, omnipresent being can help you because it's so powerful. Of course it can. It's so powerful to to do synchronicity all the time. Mm -hmm. But why don't we think of asking? And then there's all the archangels you can ask for. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah. We're so used to this idea we have to do it alone individually mm-hmm. struggle with the world and it's isolating <laughs> trauma isolates us honestly <laughs> for sure it makes us feel like 
and I know um, just simply expressing ourselves, even if it's us speaking aloud to the earth or to God's source, you know, oneness, Holy Spirit, um, all the names, <laughs> when we actually like express it and bring it out to like um, a being, an entity, an energy, whether that be like in a group of people that we feel safe in or like you said, like to our own angels and our own, like, we all have like ancestors here that are like cheering us on yeah. and are benefiting from everything that we're doing as well. And it's like, we can connect to that. And it's, it's so easy to forget because it's not something that we see. <laughs> and that's why I love like bringing people back to being in a relationship with the earth because the earth is something we experience every single day. It's a part of us and she loves us talking to her so it's like oh, we could talk yeah. to her <laughs> oh yeah i've done that before and i haven't done it for a while actually but you can literally yeah. you know just, just right now mentally say i, I love you Gaia, gaia or mother earth or something like that and you have this thought that's like a response and it is a response she is yeah. responding to you yes <laughs> it's so true and it's real it's so good All and our, it's we like get this, yeah sorry we get this no, flow of prana up, right, from our root. Mm -hmm. Yes. Constantly. It's her feeding us constantly, like we're a tree. Constantly, yeah. Right? And we're constantly getting stuff from above. I mean, it's, it's depending on how connected our crown chakra is, I suppose, technically speaking. But we're definitely getting it from below in our roots, right? There's a reason yeah. it's called the root chakra, right? and then we have like the soul star like a few feet six feet or something like below that like that really yeah. connects us to the earth and it's like um that's really huge and that's why it's so important that we actually honor and give gratitude to the earth because it's like she's been giving to us for so long and she doesn't ask for anything in return but like when we can offer that to her and remind people that like hey like <laughs> she's always giving if we actually create a harmonious relationship ask permission to like do ceremonies or do things on the land or go in the water at the beach like ask the water like hey can I dip a toe in you know like <laughs> it's like a real relationship and there needs to be um there hasn't been consent for so long and there's been a disconnection there so it's like yeah that's our support system like physically she's our support system <laughs> we might as well utilize her in a way that honors you know this the, our, our spiritual aspect of self our real honest self and our ancestors as well you know it's really what i feel like took um 12 12 here <laughs> it's really what took, it's 2012 um, here also hey. <laughs> um yeah if you even look back at like different ascended masters a lot of them really did need to go through initiations and work with the earth because they were here incarnated as human beings like that's what we're we're meant to be in relationship in union with the being the human and the earth <laughs> within this ascension process so it's like us ignoring that is ignoring an aspect of ourselves it's ignoring this medicine that we hold you know and that's why we sometimes we can really benefit from coming away from the screen just a bit like for me i've decided uh after dinner i'm not going to be in front of a screen unless i'm interviewing someone like you um but um yeah 
that's that's one thing I'm doing. But um, and I like I think you've said before when I've interviewed you, you can put your feet in the soil, or I, I mean, I could actually do that. I, but basically, yeah, we can allow ourselves to be outside, and then we can have a conversation there, even if it is cold. Um, I don't know. Just if we just allow ourselves a few moments to connect that that's special and it could be our guides it could be like our our cosmic families or it could be anything but it like it's so easy to forget but the earth is like one thing for me that I know it's like oh I'll always remember that because I look outside I look out my window I can walk outside but it's like when it comes to you know the guides and the beings that we don't see like they can hold a lot of space for us too and it's like remembering that and it takes that presence or just surrender to let them come into your space and be like okay let me hold you <laughs> and I've had so many so many of those moments and I'm I always cry because I'm like holy cow I've forgotten like I have this support system I have these beings on my side and like with me and supporting me in like the most unconditional loving way and we all have that. And it's just, yeah, it's good stuff. We're never alone. And yeah. on that note, I would say, feel free to tap into your guides, Mother Earth, what have you, and ask for help if you feel you need it. You're not alone. You're never alone. And, well, well, uh, have a lovely day <laughs> and bye for now.